So, are you DTFX? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It's another exciting episode of DTFF. We are back and better than ever. We have a great episode here for you this evening. Uh, Bringing back an episode we did about this time last year, if if memory serves me correct. Uh, We're squashing beefs. Uh, If you guys are familiar with the Sunny in Philadelphia reference, uh, that's great. If not, pause. If you're listening to this in uh, audio after the fact, pause the episode. Go watch Sunny in Philadelphia, the Squashing Beefs episode, and come back to this so you'll understand what we're doing. That sounds like yeah. homework, but it's not. It's it's much it's better than homework. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, basically, um, was it TLDR? Did I do that right? Am I hip with that? You you sure did, but for those of us not hip with TLDR, do you know what it stands for? Too long, don't read. Yeah, too long, didn't read. Exactly. Yeah. So so basically, uh, these are players that we were down on and we had a beef against for whatever reason, which we will explain later on, and we are forgiving them and 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 wiping the slate clean for the next fantasy season. Essentially, burying the hatchet. Yes, yes. But before we get into it. I need to introduce my co-host, who is amazing, wonderful. If, if if you don't know him, remedy that shit immediately. Go follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Jake Trowbridge. It is my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. How you doing, Jake? That's like the nicest introduction I've ever gotten. There's two reasons that I think that, that might have went down that way. One, we're coming up on the holidays here, so you're feeling the holly jolly spirit. And two, maybe more importantly... You have some time off of work coming up here for the next several days, and maybe that's what has you in the high spirits. Well, that and um, the the beer that I'm drinking right now, I got a crowler of it, so I've been drinking oh. 32 ounces of it, essentially, for the last few hours, um, and it's a very high-octane beer, so that might have something to do with it, too. But it's yes, all in you, the mixture. Yeah, as you alluded to, um, I... I if people don't know, I do work for our local school district here. Not a teacher. Uh, nothing against teachers. Could just never do the job. Let's be honest. I don't have the temperament for that. Uh, special person to be a teacher. Um, but I work for the, our local school district. We are going on winter break starting tomorrow. So, yes, I am off for two weeks. And I could not be more excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Everybody needs some regeneration time. True from story. From time to time. Whether at work or dare I even say, Dustin, sometimes for fantasy. So this is my little segue into saying that if you found yourself outside of the playoffs this year in your leagues, it's okay. It's okay. You probably just needed time apart from Mm -hmm. fantasy football. And now you get that. Or you can do, you know, DFS with us like degenerates. You can still play daily fantasy even if your season long Mm -hmm. is out. But that's my little transition, Dustin. Yeah. So, Jake, speaking of the fantasy playoffs, um, did any of your teams advance this week? I've still got a couple that are hanging in there. It was a tough weekend, though. The majority of my fantasy playoff teams crumbled. Crumbled. I'm sorry. There was maybe one of my leagues where it was close. And I had some like real rooting interest into the late Sunday games. The rest of them were pretty. I mean, the rest of them were pretty much decided when I set the lineup. You know, that that was <laughs> that's never a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, there was three of them that felt that way. Clicking oh. buttons was just like this isn't going to happen. And you know what? Oh, it but that's, that's okay. I'm sorry that that there is nothing worse <laughs> than that feeling. Just knowing you don't even have a fucking chance going into the week. Just no chance. But I know that you are in at least one playoff. Mm-hmm. You had a bye week in our home league. How are the rest of your team shaping out? Well, I had two buys, if you remember correctly, two Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other the other league I'm in, um, the DHH uh, Happy Hour League, shout out to the Dynasty Happy Hour. Um, I, I actually won my, my game this week. I was shocked because I did Ooh. not think I was going to pull this off. My quarterback situation in that league is not great. <laughs> I, I basically have just one starting quarterback in a super flex league. 
So uh, I feel like you're in good company. It seems like a lot of folks are in that position right now. I'll tell you, in one of my leagues, I had to start both Colt McCoy and Brett Rippon. That's ugh. how I. That's again one of those ugh. leagues where it's like I set that lineup. I knew what was coming. There's no surprise. <laughs> yeah. So 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 far I'm doing well. Um, basically, uh, in the league I, I advanced in this last week, it's just all. At this point, I better hope that I uh, just go super far and win some money back um, just because I don't feel like my team is that great and I don't have my first round pick. So a higher pick for whoever has my pick is even better. So um, enough. Obviously, bragging rights would be great. But um, yeah, I don't have high hopes for that one. My other two teams, we'll see what happens this weekend. uh, Coming off the bye. Hopefully my teams don't uh, lag as... Some NFL teams coming off their bye do. Indeed. Yeah. Some really have. It's not great. So before we get into squashing some beefs here, Jake, uh, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know what I'm drinking. Uh, I have a... Because here's the deal. My, my wife, my lovely wife, works at a brewery for one or two nights a week. She always brings home these like short fills. It's like, ah, we messed up, you know, because they can their beer. We messed up. Here you go. Take these home. Everybody have half them. And they're unmarked. Okay. <laughs> it, save for this bottom little identifier. They're just writing Sharpie on the bottom of it. I thought I was drinking a pale ale. It it does not taste anything like a pale ale, uh, but it's it's good. It's much sweeter than like a typical pale ale. It's even, dare I say, it might be like a hazy something. But I don't even think it's really hazy. It's, oh, so it's so it's sweeter or juicier? I wouldn't say juicier. I would say sweeter. I would say maybe it's like a really sweet pilsner is what I I'm was going to say. Like maybe maybe like an amber. Nope, it's too light no, to be an amber. It's too light to be an amber. Huh? Yep. This is a. Oh, this could be a mystery beer that they just said. You know what? This is the reason we're getting rid of this. <laughs> we also don't know what it is. You drink it. And I will. Uh, well, as long as it's good, that's all that matters. That's right. But you're how many glasses into your uh, your crawler now? Well, this is my third one. So out of 32 ounces, I'm on the last 12 or so. This is Three Sheeps. They're Cuvée 2022. It's like a, it's it's an imperial stout. I think it's about 12 and a half percent. It is delicious. It's very thick. Um, hence I've been kind of milking it all night, but it is so good. So would good. you say velvety? Would you dare say it's velvety? No, I won't go that far. All right. No. It's fine. But it is delicious. If you guys get a chance to find it anywhere, I know Three Sheeps is a local brewery here to the Wisconsin area. But if you get ever get a chance to find it, go grab it. It is delicious, especially if you like dark beers. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. We're going to get to this bit of nasty business, Dustin. What do you mean nasty? Well, nasty for one of us. Mainly <laughs> you. Yeah, we have our beer bet payout, as we always do here in season. Uh, to remind the folks, our beer bet last week, and I believe, Jake, this was you that gave us this one. Correct. I suggested this one, and you yep. got the, the first dibs there. Yep. So you had suggested Brock Purdy of the San Francisco Ilk versus Geno Smith from seattle for total fantasy points for the day uh i took purdy you took gino so i think everybody knows at this point that you ended up losing this one uh Does just by, everybody? But just, because it just was by the way close. it was close but i think just by the way you were you know getting into the segment that oh yes you, you made it clear <laughs> i'm not good at hiding my emotions <laughs> no so, yes, I did win this one again. Uh, Brock had 16.4 points and Gino had 15.3. So, uh, you, as you said, very close matchup. Uh, neither of them were exactly stellar on the week. No. But a victory is a victory, and I will relish it. As you should, as you should. So, with that, I'm going to put down some amaretto. I don't feel like this was so close. I was like, I'm not even going to do anything too terrible to myself here. But I will say... That you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's nice. 
Amaretto is real nice and smooth going down. I can't say I've ever done a shot of Amaretto before. It's not bad. Just had it mixed drinks. So do yourself a favor. Switch up your fireball one of these times. Hashtag trying to be a sponsor. (laughs) You're putting in the work. (laughs) You are putting in the work. We'll we'll get it done one of these times. That's right. Um, so yeah, uh, normally at this time, folks, we have our drunk trade of the week. Unfortunately, we are out of drunk trades right now. So we're putting out the call. Please give us your drunk trades. Uh, especially if you're in the playoffs and you are making moves to try to win the championship. Give us those trades. Cause I know there's a lot of activity this time of year in those leagues that do not have trade deadlines. Yeah, uh, more so in Dynasty than Redraft, obviously. But yeah, give us those drunk trades. We want them. We need them. We love them. Uh, it's our favorite segment. So yeah, please Justin, give us those. I, I did find one as I was digging through. Like I don't know even if we have anything to talk about. I have I have a little bit of one I'll just throw out to you because this is prescient. This is that same league where I had to start Colt McCoy and Brett Lippen okay as my quarterbacks two weeks ago. I said. All right, I'm actually going to get and scrape and claw into the playoffs. I have no tight end. I had Robert Tunyon was like my tight end. It was bad. So I said, let me trade for somebody legitimate. I traded for Dalton Schultz, and I gave away what ended up being, so Robert Tunyon, I gave Mm -hmm. him that trade, and what ended up becoming the 203 in next year's pick. Now, this is a tight end premium dynasty league. How, I don't how do we feel? Did I mortgage my future to drunk no, to be here? No, not at all. I don't I don't think that that's bad a trade. Uh, I guess it really depends on what happens to Dalton Schultz after this season, because he's a free agent. Is Dallas going to resign him? If he stays with Dallas, I love it. Um, and I guess it depends on the landing spot where he goes. Yeah. Could still work out pretty well, but no, I mean, even if you didn't. I mean, even if he doesn't go to a spot where it, it's a favorable spot for him, I don't. I mean, it's more of like a lateral move at worst. I feel like than than you losing anything, even with the second round pick in there. So, no, I don't hate that at I'll all. All right, I'll take it then. I'll take it. But it did work out, and that's what can sometimes happen with these trades. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you decide that you need one piece to try to make a run, you got to go for it. We always talk right. about it. If you think you're going to get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. go for it. But make the, the result can sometimes be bad. That's right. So, Jake, in lieu of a, like a real drunk trade for this week, uh, I think we should do a DFS update from what we did for our DFS show last week. Like so it. do you want to pull that up and let the folks know how we did? You betcha. So I've got my monkey knife fight if you want to pull up uh, your underdog. But the monkey knife fights. I'll be did honest. we do it on my underdog? We sure did. We sure. I could remember I couldn't get it to show all of the slates. We had this weird thing where it only showed like partial slates for me. But you had this magic uh, app apparently where you logged in and it treated you like royalty. So we ended up using yours. But uh, I will say for my completed monkey knife fight, we went with uh, five. We did a fiver because mm-hmm. that's how you max out you know, your your winnings. Uh, it didn't go well. We went all in on, let me see who this was. Oh, sorry, we did, we did way more than that. I apologize. We did, I don't know what we did. Did I do monkey knife fight? Maybe I did underdog and you did monkey knife fights. We're I think so, so unprepared for this DFS segment. Dear Lord. Um, no, it definitely was... Uh, my my underdog i apologize the magic of live radio we did do five picks though and the five picks were devonta smith over 56 and a half receiving yards which we smashed by a lot he got 126 receiving yards we chose one of my picks so i'll I'll take credit for that (laughs) sure it very well uh adam thielen we went under 52 and a half receiving yards we hit that just barely, but we hit that. It doesn't matter. Nick Chubb, lower than 74 and a half rushing yards. That son of a bitch looked like old Nick Chubb. Uh, wasn't great for fantasy. Didn't get you double digit fantasy points, but he did rack up 99 rushing yards, which, uh, was not good for us. Patrick Mahomes, 
We chose the lower of 305 and a half total yards. He got 369 against the Houston Texans in overtime. That game went into overtime. How? How does something like that happen? I think our process was still great with this. And then this one really stings, and it's going to sting now and later on in the episode when we do a recap for our starts of the week. We went in on Matt Ryan, higher than 248.5 passing yards against that soft Minnesota defense. He got 182 passing yards. That game also went into overtime, and he got 182 passing yards. So not great. I will say Matt Ryan was all on me. I pushed us hard into him. Uh, I don't think you were very into it, but I did push us that way. All right. So did we do just the Saturday games? I'm trying to remember here. Because I, 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 yeah. I have a bunch of monkey night fights. Uh, oh, you. <laughs> yeah. No, we went all into the Saturday. All Saturday. All right. So here it is. So our monkey night fight, we did the eight of eight. Yep. Uh, did a buy-in of $5 for 125 times the prize. Let's go big. So first one, we, we were one of eight on this. It was not great, Cotton. Um, yeah. So we had Tua um, chose more than 270 and a half passing yards. Had 234. Uh, we had Kirk Cousins with less than 265 and a half, 460 total yards. Thanks, overtime. Uh, we hit on Justin Jefferson over 99 and a half receiving yards, had 123. Uh, this is the one that, that really stings. We had JT with more than 83 and a half rushing yards, had zero, left the game early, did not return. We had Josh Allen for 255 and a half passing yards, which was less than that, had 304. Again, Nick Chubb chose less than 79 and a half rush yards, had 99. Tyreek. 89 and a half receiving yards had 69. Nice. And then lastly, Matt Ryan, more than 240 passing yards had 182. So not great Brutal. there. Brutal week. But hey, it was still fun. That's right. And we're going to come back to it. That's right. At some, at some point. Absolutely. The thing is, the thing is, because you could do it every day, every day that there's games, the practice that you get. At this point in the season, again, especially if you only have, let's say, a couple of teams in the playoffs that you have to worry about, or maybe no teams in the playoffs, mm -hmm. you know, you have plenty of time to do that. So that's right. Test some waters. I did just say I won a bunch of money in best ball from logging into Underdog, so I appreciate that. <laughs> at least that was a that's welcome always surprise. Good. Uh, because the rest of it was bad. <laughs> but that worked out. <laughs> that's always good. All right, so that was our DFS update, kind of. Recapping from last week's show, um, let's move on to the main event here, Jake, shall we? You betcha. So, yes. So, these are players we've given up on. We're squashing the beef. Totally redeemed themselves. Jake, hit us. And, you know, before you start, Jake. Yeah. Looking at your list of players, I honestly had thought about putting all three of these on my list. So, I think we're we're right there. Uh, I know we sh we share a lot of the same uh, philosophy and thoughts here when it comes to uh, fantasy football, so not surprising that um, we we aligned on on these. So so hit me with one of yours here. It, it makes me happy to hear that because misery does love company and all of that, <laughs> and so we can commiserate about these these guys at least. And my first, my one is Josh Jacobs. I had a real will-they-won't-they they with Josh Jacobs mm -hmm. early in the offseason. Because early, early in the offseason, I was like, man, this dude just keeps getting targets. Like every year from his rookie season on, he just kept increasing the number and target share that he got. So it's like, that's interesting. Maybe I'll put a pin in him for later on and revisit him down the road. And maybe he could even be a draft steal. And then the moves that the Raiders made in the offseason pushed me away from him. Pushed me away to the point where, like, unless he fell to, like, something obnoxious like the fifth round, I wasn't going to draft Josh Jacobs because they added Devontae Adams, Derek Carr's uh, college buddy. Of course, we know Devontae Adams as a machine in terms of uh, targets himself, in terms of touchdowns. 
in terms of just being an amazing wide receiver. We thought, all right, we've now got uh, Devontae Adams along with Darren Waller, a very solid athletic tight end who's proven to be pretty fantastic. And Hunter Renfro is kind of this underrated route runner himself, slot guy. And we said, well, with those three, is Josh Jacobs going to have any targets for himself? And so I will hedge just a little bit by, by saying, of course, there was injuries that factored into part of what he did this year. Mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller both injured for a very long duration this year. Devontae Adams was still in there doing his thing, doing what we expected him to see. As of right now, Josh Jacobs, without as much competition, has 55 targets, pretty much on pace for what he did last year, without those guys in the lineup. But where it really gets dicey is he didn't even need the targets this year. Josh Jacobs wasn't a a pass-catching running back as, like, trade, as your big fantasy boon. He just already... I didn't know this number until I looked it up for the episode. It feels overwhelming. 1,495 rushing yards already on the season. There are still games left to be played. He's only played 14. He almost has 1,500 rushing yards. He has 11 rushing touchdowns to add on to that. He's the running back two overall. He's the running back two in points per game. He's the running back one in some of your hearts because he's carried a lot of your teams, especially at the value you got him at. Probably a lot of folks who have Josh Jacobs are in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Probably positioned pretty well. And so it just feels like this re-evaluation. Now, he's in his fourth year. My assumption is that the Raiders, if they haven't already, and I did not look this up, but if they haven't already extended him or at least franchise tagged him for the fifth year, whatever, like I would see that happening. Like I would no, expect I, him to stay there. I, I'm pretty sure they did not pick up his fifth year um, option. So I, I do believe he's a free agent after this year. Do you think that he goes back to Las Vegas or do you think he's done such an amazing job that there is a bidding war for a running back again? I think there could be a bidding war for him because he's still young enough. I mean, he came into the league very, very young. So what is he, like 24, 25 right now? Like, he's still pretty young in the prime of his career. Uh, So I do think he's probably going to end up testing the market. It's not like Las Vegas is a Super Bowl contending team right now. They're in a, well... I want to say what is a competitive AFC West division, um, but not so much. Not like what we had thought going into the season. Yeah. But I do think he'll probably test the waters. This is his one chance to really get that big contract. And there's always teams that are looking for a running back, uh, especially. I, I want to say teams that have a later pick. But that's not necessarily true because just with the way the drafts have been going, you see running backs drafted later in the, in the first round or basically in the second round. So, um, but I do anyway, off top. Anyway, I think no, he fair. is, I think he is going to go end up testing the market, see what he can get, get his big contract. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I agree with you though. Just the whole premise of Josh Jacobs. I was down on him going into this season just after what we'd seen from the first few years. It's like, all right, he hasn't really done it. You know, he hasn't gotten the production like we'd seen. You know, wasn't super involved in the passing game like we had hoped. Uh, but this year's just been crushing. I mean, he's he's going out and earning that next contract. So, so Josh Jacobs, yes, I'm sorry that I, I doubted you. And do we think then, just to push this towards a dynasty tilt, let's say that you have Josh Jacobs rostered, and he's doing this amazing stuff, and people are noticing. Do you, in advance of potentially him testing the market, which often does not go well for running backs, for fantasy, for, you know, mm-hmm. for their payday, yes, great. They can get right. paid and that's wonderful. But often, if they do that, I can't remember the last time a running back tested the market, signed to a new team, and was like so much better, especially after a season like this. Would you be trying to trade high on Josh Jacobs? I think if my team was not competitive, yes. 
if I had a competitive team, I would hold on to him, hoping that wherever he goes, he's going to get utilized. Like he's with a minimum of what he's been utilized this this season. But if I'm that competitive, yeah, I would cash out high, get like maybe a first and a second or a first and like a unproven rookie at this point. Maybe like a, I don't know if you could get like an Isaiah Pacheco, but um, you know, Good. some, some, you know, you know, maybe like a, a David Bell or something, you know, a first plus a little something extra just to sweeten the deal a little bit. I like that. I was going to say a first and a second round pick felt like about what you would get for him. And I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. We're right, right right there. Yes. Who do you want to talk about now? Let's see if we can keep this connection. going. All right. So this is a player that we have talked about so many times on this podcast. And I, 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 I flip like a goddamn pancake on this player. I flip flop, flip flop. Flip, 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 snip, zap, snip, zap. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's if, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, it's Amari Cooper. This guy, I, I don't know from day to day, week to week, year to year, if I love him or I hate him. Uh, and it'll probably be that way until he retires out of the NFL. Let's be honest. But this season, he has performed better than I expected, especially going from the Cowboys to the Browns, where they had. Jacoby Brissett starting the majority of the season. I honestly didn't expect him to do as well as he's done. So on this season, he is wide receiver 14 overall. So just outside the top 12 Uh, points per game. He's a little bit lower at wide receiver 19, but still very respectable. The fact that he is fringe top 12 wide receiver, I would not have guessed at all. I thought he was going to be more of a low end wide receiver too not a high-end receiver to going into the season. Uh, but he's stayed healthy. He's been a great target there in, in Cleveland. And I don't know what else to say, except I'm sorry, Amari, that I doubted you uh, and, and, and your performances. Man, we, we've talked a lot about Amari, like you said. And this might have been the first year that we aligned on him. True. Like we were both down on Amari Cooper. And I thought, again, Jacoby Brissett. He's he's on the Browns. It's Jacoby Brissett. I think the greatest season that any receiver ever had with Jacoby Brissett was T.Y. Hilton one year had like 800 yards. But like mm-hmm. I, I was probably even lower. I think I put him at like the wide receiver three range. So I just didn't see it. And uh, to be fair, he is somewhat frustrating in that he, he still has bust games. Like when he busts, right. he busts hard this year. But his boom games are crazy, and he's having more of them than it felt like he had with the Raiders mm-hmm. this year. So I'm absolutely with you. He's an interesting case, though. Amari Cooper in Dynasty might be the weirdest. He's like Brandon Cooks now. You can't get rid of him for anything. You can't actually get much in return, I don't think. So. Right. You're not going to get what he's worth. Right. But... So it's so like you, you don't almost... want to get rid of them. You, I mean, you don't want to sell low on them. So it's right. Yeah, you're in this weird area. I think you're right. Maybe he's a good still buy low, trade low candidate because he is 28 years old. I mean, he's always like 21. He's been 21 for like the last 19 years. Right. Like. But but the thing with Amari Cooper is he's not that downfield speedy threat. He's always been more of that mid-range kind of possession type receiver, the the yak guy where he catches yeah. the ball and, and then gets all the yards afterwards. So I think that type of player, you know, has has a longer trajectory of a career than than those kind of speedsters, you know, we're you know talking like the Tyreeks or um Deshaun Jacksons, although he's still playing, which is fucking bizarre. <laughs> playing in quotes, <laughs> let's say. Hey He's on an NFL team. He's gotten receptions. He's been on the field. He's playing. All right. All I didn't right. say he was producing. I said he's playing. Okay. Okay. It's a fine line, but <laughs> the fact that he's, you know, just a few years younger than me and still playing NFL football is incredible and still like burning half the defenders that are out there on the field. You know? Agreed. <laughs> but to that point about Abari Cooper, then maybe you throw a second round pick at him. High second round pick. 
probably. Yeah, that that I, mean, I was thinking I was thinking like a mid to high second round pick or maybe a couple of thirds might get it done. On draft day, I bet you could go for at least a low end second round pick and get him. Like on mm-hmm. rookie draft day for oh, your yeah. leagues, I guarantee you could make a deal like that. You might have oh, to throw in sure. some just random shit on top of it to get it done, but I bet you could. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, Jake, who do you got next? All right, let's talk about Amon Ra, St. Brown. I just whiffed. I whiffed on this guy. I whiffed on most of the Lions. I'm not afraid to say. I whiffed on most of them. And it's just because I didn't give enough credence to the coaching staff. And mm-hmm. I didn't give enough credence to Jared Goff being able to be coached well enough to make dudes flourish. Like, Jared Goff has actually been okay himself. He's been fine for fantasy. For real mm-hmm. NFL, I'd argue he's way better than he Oh, yeah, fantasy. absolutely. And Amir St. Brown is good for both. Amir St. Brown currently wide receiver six overall, wide receiver nine in points per game. And he's been a moon player. Like, you start him and you feel like you're on the moon because he keeps producing more than anybody told you that he would, mm-hmm. including myself, coming into this season. And I just thought his main appeal last year towards the middle half, the last half, I should say, of the season was there's no competition for Amon Ra. Everybody was injured. Literally every damn receiver that had come into the season on that depth chart felt like they were injured by like week five, week six. And then he was just, you know, DeAndre Swift was out. And it's like, well, yeah, when he's out there just with Jamal Williams and TJ Hawkinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, of course he can produce fantasy numbers. Now the whole gang's back together. They've added some parts. And Amon Ra is still crushing it week in and week out. It's to the point, if you bought low on him, congratulations. Because you have set yourself up. Like your dynasty team is set up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't know, Justin. I don't feel like Amon Ra is going any damn where. He looks like a perennial, maybe not a top six guy every year, but a perennial wide receiver one type of dude. Absolutely. So Yeah, I agree. And I don't I don't care what people say. I know Jamison Williams had that the one long touchdown catch, but then the next week he didn't, you know didn't catch anything. So, I mean, I, and I get he's still coming back from injury and getting acclimated with the team and the chemistry and all that. But, right. I mean, if anything, that's only going to help Amon Ra because it's another wide receiver threat that defenses have to worry about. And they can't double team Amon Ra. They got to, you know, respect the rest of the offense. So, if anything, more pieces on this offense are only going to help him maintain his wide receiver one status. Yeah. And what I like about Amon Ra, that's an incredibly fair point. Because TJ Hawkinson left, right? A few weeks ago, he gets traded to the Vikings. So he's out. You know, those kind of like dead targets are now gone. Because TJ Hawkinson wasn't doing shit with those targets. Let's be honest. Vacated targets is not a thing. I know it's not I know it's not a thing. <laughs> However, if you were... Shout out to Peter Howard. Yes, that's right. He's probably <laughs> just, just quivering now after that. I would say, though... The thing, like, if you're going to dump it off to TJ Hawkinson versus dumping it off to DeAndre Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown, like, those are way two different types of things Mm -hmm. because the aftermath of what happens, way better with Amon Ross St. Brown. So, like, let him absorb some of that type of thing. Can can I just interject for one second? Did you actually, was that like an inadvertent nice thing you said about DeAndre Swift? Yes. Oh, yes. I got you to say yes to it, too. Yes. I and you know that I almost included him in this, uh, but actually he's been like in between on the rocks the last few weeks. So I know it's injury. I get it. But also, I didn't want to have two Lions players. But no, DeAndre Swift, very talented pass catching guy. Yes, I I fully admit that. No, I I just want. I just, I just had to point that out. So yeah, no, Amon Rod though. It's like this thing of Jamison Williams. Sure. He's going to be better than what he has been because he's only like two games out of injury at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's a rookie. And so next year, yes. Will he be better? Yes. Can Alvin Ross and Brown still be better? Yes. Can they upgrade their quarterback to make him even better? Yes. So all Are of they this going is still to? No, I don't think they will. Maybe not this next year. But I do right. believe that they could draft a guy uh, and maybe have him sit for a year behind Jared maybe. Goff. 
you know, maybe one of those guys. I don't know. I feel like Goff, as you said, has been good for real NFL. Sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, look at what the Lions have been doing this year. I mean, they're in the playoff hunt, for God's sakes. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they make the playoffs like they need just a few more pieces, I feel like, on defense to really like be super competitive. And if they address that in the draft this upcoming year, like, I mean, for real NFL, like they're going to be a legitimate team they're building their team the right way as much as it pains me to say that as a Packer fan like it just but but also it makes me happy because the Lions have been terrible for like 30 years essentially so it's nice to see them yeah it's nice to see them turning it around um last part yeah as a fan of like the NFL yeah oh for sure you have to love an underdog even if they're Mm -hmm. in division sometimes but parting question before we move on Amon Ross Amon Ross St. Brown then Worth an early first round pick for you in oh, Dynasty? I would say probably anything outside like the 101. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would get I would give a high first round draft pick for him. Which is funny because in this last offseason, I tried to trade him hard in the one league I have him in. I, I did. I tried to trade him hard and there was no biters. Even for a single first, like any first yeah. in this last year draft. Nobody yeah. wanted him, um, which I think would be different now. I think if I put him out on the trade block now, I think there would be, I mean, I think a fir- like any first would get snapped up right away. Full, full agree. You should, you should try that if you want, or don't keep him because he's going to be great. Well, I think I'm going to keep him. So anyway, all right, moving on here. My next player on my list here. Who do I want to go with? Um, I think I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill here as as my next player. Um, this is someone, all right, he's playing amazing this year. He's, he's wide receiver number two overall and wide receiver three in points per game. I know going into this season, uh, I know I'll, I'll only speak for myself. I won't speak for you, Jake, but I feel like we were on the same page here, uh, with the trade to Miami. We were both a little bullish on his draft capital and his ADP, um, with both him and Waddle being essentially top 12 drafted wide receivers. I know I thought there's no way I was more high on on Waddle than than Tyreek only for the fact that he was coming into a new system, changing teams, a bit of a downgrade from uh, uh, what you might call Patrick Mahomes. That's the guy. That's the guy I got there. Um, You know, I think we can all safely say that's a bit of a downgrade uh, to Tua. Um, And nope, been proving us wrong. Tyreek's just doing Tyreek things. Um, just the yak guy, just taking those quick slants, short little passes and just fucking housing them every fucking week. Cause that's what he does. He's the cheetah. So, uh, Tyreek. Yeah. I'm sorry that I, I doubted your excellence. Did I expect him to be this high? No, I thought he'd be like, you know, like that fringe top 12, maybe top 14 ish, you know, but number two overall, I mean, playing better than he did with, Patrick Mahomes never would have thought it. He's already set his career mark high in receiving yards. And again, we're 14 games into the right. season. He's Which already set that. Bonkers. I don't care who you are. There's no, even the most diehard Miami Dolphins fans, I don't think would have said that shit coming into the season. <laughs> right. But you're right. I was with you. I said, Jalen Waddle, basically of the two, give me the one that is going to fall in the draft just a little yep. bit. And the shine was still on Tyreek Hill from that perspective. So I was like, okay, yeah, let me take Jalen Waddle, who, of course, has been very good himself. He's been great. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The injuries have sucked uh, recently. But, yeah, it's it's been crazy. And I almost mentioned two in here, but let's just throw him into the mix because we're talking about Tyreek. I was down on Tua. I mean, I thought he'd be, yeah, better than like his variety average quarterback twenty six. That he's been the last couple of years, right? Fantasy, but not not that he could support two basically top twelve wide receivers and then some. So he's been fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. With Tyreek, he's the same age as Amari Cooper. Obviously, Amari Cooper is going to take a lot less to get on your dynasty team. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is going to take more than a first round pick for sure. Still, oh, at for his sure. Age. Yeah. Like we're talking multiple firsts probably to get him onto your roster. Is that something that 
Do you still just say, I'm not going to have him at that point? Or are you interested in it? I would be interested. Again, it's always team dependent, yeah. you know, on, on your makeup. But if I'm pushing for a championship and think I'm going to be pushing for the next couple years. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would pay a, a, you know, a couple first for him or first and then, you know, a couple supporting pieces, whatever. You know, I, I would get that done because I don't see him slowing down and anything changing. If anything, it should only get better. This offense, you know, they'll have another year under their belt, a uh, little bit more chemistry. I mean, the fact that we're seeing this in year one is incredible. What's going to happen in year two, year three, especially as you know, we all hope Tua develops even more as a quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be totally on board and go all in on him. It's interesting. I'm I'm into that at the price. Like I'm into getting him on my roster, but I'm if I'm doing that, I'm acknowledging that I have him for two more glorious years. Right. I do feel like he's more of the Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. not Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson type mm-hmm. of like there's going to be a cliff at some point. You're gonna yep. have to brace for it. For but sure. That's okay. But if but if you're going for championships over the next couple seasons, mm-hmm. knowing that at that point you're probably gonna have to blow up your whole team and and rebuild. Yeah, but if you end up winning a couple ships out of it, totally worth it. Now, of course, if you're an amazing rookie talent evaluator and you know exactly who the next Jamar Chase is or whatever, and you want to go that route, of course, go that route. Obviously, obviously. A lot of us are not Zach Reed, for example, who cannot pick those guys out, especially as you get further down the the draft list there. So I like that. Mm -hmm. And this one, I don't know, man. This one stings. I want to talk. I don't want to talk about him. I have to talk about him. I have to apologize to Leonard Fournette. Leonard, Lenny, buddy, I don't know. I had no ambitions for you this year. I didn't I didn't want you really on any of my teams unless like you fell stupid low in drafts. Even then, I was going to have to hold my nose as I did it. But you're currently overall the RB13. You're also the RB13 in points per game. I will say this about Leonard Fournette. It hasn't always looked pretty with him. And some people who roster him might see the the finish right now or the week 15 finish and go, yeah, but he really he really screwed me in a couple of weeks. That's every running back. It happens. Every running back pretty much, save for a couple of dudes, has outright boned you on some weeks. Leonard Fournette, you did not have to pay up for that. You did not have to pay up for the boning with Fournette. So I I do think he's a very curious case because earlier on in the season, especially, it was like, oh, he's getting all the touches. This is this is nice. And if you believed in the Tampa Bay Bucks, then I guess some of you I know believed in Leonard Fournette just by proxy. And I get that. And Tom Brady, I, I was done betting against Tom Brady. And I was just figuring more, well, they're going to still air it out to Mike Evans, mm-hmm. Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, all these guys that I like on this team now. There's not going to be enough piece to pie for Leonard Fournette. And it turns out that's not, uh, it doesn't even matter. That Rashad White, rookie running back that people like, mm-hmm. he's in there. It doesn't matter. Some of it's been on the ground. Some of it's been through just insane amounts of targets. And it depends every week. But every week, pretty much. He's been good for you. So I don't know. This is what sucks about even evaluating somebody like him. He's 27 years old. Next year, Tom Brady could, I mean, should maybe even retire at this point. Maybe. Do you even try? Do you even try? Do you even try to go for a guy like Leonard Fournette? I have no idea what to do with a guy like this in Dynasty, quite frankly. I want to sell him, but what can you trade him for? I don't know. Uh, you probably can't trade him for much, and I'm trying to look up to see what his contract is. I guess here's my question. Does because it here's... matter for Leonard Fournette? Yeah, so he is signed. Um, so through this year, he has a dead cap hit. Uh, well, this is this year. We don't care. So next year, 2023. He's age 28. Uh, he has a dead cap hit of $5 million. So he'll I can't probably see... be with the Bucks. So, yeah, he'll probably be there. 
I would guess that from what we've seen um, out of the rookie this year, that it's going to be probably closer to like a 50, like a true 50 50 split next season. Um, as opposed to Lenny getting the majority of the rushes as, as we've seen this year. And yeah. then I think after next year, he'll be cut unless they end up trading him somewhere. But I don't know a team that's going to want to take on that salary. I mean, he's owed $7 million next year. So I can't see a team wanting to take that on for basically a one-year rental. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's with the Bucks, but I think his workload will probably be a bit diminished uh, uh, only because the rookie is going to be second year in, more familiar with the system, uh, probably the younger, more explosive guy. Well, yeah. he is younger, but probably the more explosive guy. And if it's more of the last five weeks when Rashad White has started to get involved, mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to love having Leonard Fournette on yep. your team. But also, that's because the offense in general has just kind of sucked the last few mm-hmm. weeks. Save for like one magical game. So, right. <laughs> yeah, he's a tough. He's a tough cookie. I will probably end up being out on him again in redraft next season, and maybe he'll show up in this segment again next year. Who knows? Probably knowing that. All right, my last one here before we move on is Tony Pollard. Um, he is RB seven overall and RB eight in points per game. Now, I will admit, I was a big Zeke truther going into the season, and I thought we would see pretty much what we'd seen the last couple seasons, the split between Zeke and Tony. And I know Zeke's been dinged up a little bit this year, which has allowed Tony to really shine. But the fact that he's still being utilized as much as he had when Zeke is still healthy. Uh, I mean, I hate to give, I, I, I'm not going to give Mike McCarthy credit because it's not him. I will <laughs> give, um, uh, who's their offensive coordinator? Um, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Thank you. I will give him credit for utilizing his best players uh, and, and allowing Tony Pollard to be on the field and, and getting him in the positions to be useful. And he's been super useful all season. I think, you know, early in the season, not so much, but as the season has gone on here, like I said, as Zeke has gotten injured and then been coming back, they've just been riding Tony Pollard. And I always thought it was just going to be Zeke's the guy, Tony Pollard. He's a super, we see the upside with Tony Pollard, but he's never going to get the run that we need for him to be truly fantasy relevant outside of a Zeke injury. Well, that's not true. We've been seeing that. So, Tony, I'm sorry I doubted you. I never doubted your talent. I doubted rational coaching. Let's put it that way. So I'm glad to see that the coaches are finally putting you in the position and playing you. Uh, and I'm sorry that I was so high on Zeke and, and doubted your excellence. We'll put that to rest. Oh, this one, this might be the most divergent one that we've had. Maybe Fournette. I don't know if you were on him or down on him as much as I was. But Pollard, you know, we definitely took stances in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I was just more anti-Zeke than I was pro-Pollard. Though, right. To be fair. It's not like I was really crazy hyping this guy up. But I did think if he was going to have a, a lot of fantasy utility, like be a really top guy, it would all come from the catches. It would all come from the pass catching. Which really hasn't been the case for him either. He's kind of on the Josh Jacobs level of that, like on pace for 56 targets, which great. Like any running back, mm-hmm. I, I get it. That's good. But it's not like CMC level shit that we were thinking he might see in mm-hmm. terms of pass catching. So it's been amazing that he has shined and he's had like three games with over a hundred rushing yards. And I love it. My question yeah. is. Jerry Jones still loves him some Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is not going anywhere next year. He's not. He is staying around. And so do you now try to send something out for Tony Pollard once the inevitable like offseason Jerry Jones shit comes out about Zeke and how much he loves him and they want to do everything they can to utilize him? Do you think that there will still be an opportunity to trade low for Tony Pollard? I don't know if you can trade low for him at this point. Um, just because I think the people that have been holding on to Tony Pollard are probably believers in him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily a trade low. I, I mean, again, looking at Spotrack, the Cowboys do have an out after this year. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fairly hefty dead cap hit. 
but it is manageable. So it's 11.8 million. I mean, it's, it is pretty hefty to pay for a running back. So like you said, most likely Zeke will be back next year. Uh, and then it drops by like half after next season. But, um, yeah, if, if you, if there's an opportunity for you to buy, buy somewhat low, I, I can't even say low, but even like at a decent market cost to get Tony Pollard, I think that might be worth it. And now I'm going to talk to myself here because Jake turned off his camera, blah, blah, blah. No. So, yeah. So basically go out, get Tony Pollard if you can at cost. If you can get him for like a second and a third or a second and a throw in piece, I would do it. He's only going to get more and more usage, um, especially next year as Zeke's kind of on the last year of his contract with the Cowboys, I would suspect. So go for that. Yeah, I like it. And of course, uh, never Zeke is what I'm going with. <laughs> That's not true. He's been fine. He's, He's been, been fine. okay. A kid. Kind uh, of. All right. All right. Let's move on. So we're going to recap. We're going to do start of the week's recap last week. So, Jake, you had Matt Ryan at Minnesota. You probably should have taken the quarterback on the other side of this uh, outfit it. here. Uh, Matt Ryan finished as QB 24, 11.3 points. Like both of us are really disappointed in that performance. Thought it would be much better, especially since the game went into overtime. For God's sakes, uh, can we just say for a second how incredible that game was? I don't know if you were watching it at all. Did you watch no. any of that game? I had a holiday thing I had to be at. I wasn't able to watch that, unfortunately. Oh my but God. I did get the alert at halftime where I was like thirty-three to nothing. This no, game I, is outrageous. I essentially I had it on because I was like you know doing work you know, on my laptop and just kind of had the games on in the background. And my wife was kind of doing some housework and doing work for her work as well. So we're just kind of just putzing around and lazy day. And I kind of just quit paying attention at halftime because they were down by so much. And then all of a sudden things got super interesting. And yeah, it was great. I just, I mean, I didn't want to root for the Vikings, but I was kind of rooting for them because it was such an incredible comeback. Uh, So yeah, that, a game for the ages. Let's put it that way. That that this is going to be one of those instant classics uh, that they that they show all the time. Uh, sure. So great game. Anyway, uh, my start of the week last week was J.K. Dobbins at Cleveland. Not great either. It was a low end RB two at RB nineteen overall with thirteen point eight double it's digits. Respectable. I say it's, it's respectable, respectable, but not what I had hoped for coming off the week before. Uh, but as always, we're looking to improve for next week. So, Jake, who do you have as your start of the week? Well, it seems that every year there's some old goddamn running back who comes out for the fantasy playoffs to carry certain teams across the finish line. And it seems like it is Jarek McKinnon's turn right now. Jarek McKinnon has been unstoppable these last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, like out of nowhere, it felt like, which as a former Jarek McKinnon truther stings that he, he waited so long to do this. But what I think is even most important is he's going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks run defense has been absolutely atrocious, atrocious. The last five weeks, here's what they've allowed from backfields. 1,129 yards and nine touchdowns they are just there's they can't stop anybody now a lot of that did come from josh jacobs in one week he had like 250 yards himself but it's not as if any of the other weeks have been that much better mm -hmm. they've been giving up and not like to crazy good competition like leonard fournette we were talking about he was one of those guys in the mix but it just feels like patrick mahomes wants him as his new toy for these next couple of weeks. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to ride that hot hand. Yep, absolutely. I don't hate that at all. Um, oh, sorry. Got distracted for a second. Um, so see butterflies. My, yeah. My, my, my start of the week is Devonta Smith. He's been on fire the last few weeks. 
I know he's kind of the overlooked secondary receiver on that team. You have Dallas Goddard that's supposed to be returning this week, I believe. He just got um, upgraded from the IR. So, but Devonta's been balling out as as we picked in our pickums this last week. So I expect that to continue uh, the defense against um, what should I call it? The Cowboys. God, I'm losing all my my words here. Um, <laughs> it's that third leg of that crawler. That's it not- is. It really is. Um, yeah. So this game is going to be super competitive against the Cowboys. They're essentially still fighting for the division. I mean, theoretically, Dallas still could win the division. So Dallas needs to win this week. So that means Philadelphia is going to have to play. Sounds like Jalen Hurts is going to play this week. So um, assuming he plays, it's going to be wheels up for for Devonta. Yeah, that this was going to be my big question. Jalen Hurts, there was that whole issue with his maybe sprained mm-hmm. shoulder. And now it seemed like maybe not. Maybe it was something else entirely that was just more personal and wasn't mm-hmm. really injury related. So even if even if Gardner Minshew plays, like I don't know that I'd back off of oh. Devonta Smith. No, free the stash, man. I mean, wheels up. <laughs> yeah, I think he's good either way. Like That's him. right. All right, Jake. So before... Let's do our beer bet, and then I got a surprise after that. So, uh, I know, I know. So, beer bet, my turn this week. I've got, I've got a couple on the docket here that I was looking at before we started. So, okay. I, I think the one I want to go with. It sounds kind of gross, but I think this game is going to be competitive because it's for playoff positioning. Okay. So I'm going to go with the Commanders and Niners game. I know. So I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin or Brandon Ayuk PPR points. Uh, I know that Debo Samuel is not going to be back for this week. Right. It's impossible (laughs) for me to want to believe in Terry McLaurin as well. Even though he's been fine. He's been so fine. I don't know why I have this in my heart for Terry McLaurin that I will just never love him. Uh, but I will never love Terry McLaurin. I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk here this week. All right. I am typing it in. Fuck it. Let's do this. And I think also part of it is just, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke versus Brock Purdy is kind of the second part of that. Uh, and neither of those guys seem great, but I'd take Brock Purdy. Right. All right. So that's locked in. Before we get out of here, Jake, I wanna I wanna do a quick, fun, holiday themed segment here. Yeah. We wa- I want I want to do a three round draft, and oh. we w- I will do the wheel of destiny Ooh. to decide who drafts first. Okay. Three round draft Christmas movies. Oh shit. Okay. All right. All right. And, it just, and it can be just it, it can be your top three favorites. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's just so top your whatever your top three Christmas movies are. Right. OK, so let's um, get the wheel. Of destiny here. Up and running it's the same one we used last time. Oh, beautiful. Good. Oh, yeah. 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 Look at all, all right. those names. So you ready? <laughs> you bet. See who gets to kick us off. I love that. Flick sound. It gives a it gives a real sturdy flick sound. Yes. Rigged. Rigged. <laughs> Second time in a row you've been picked by this wheel. I'm choosing the wheel next time. All right, Dustin. Who do you got? That's fine. All right. The, uh, this is the 101 of Christmas movies. I think you're going to agree with me. And you. that's why you're pissed off that you didn't get this. It's Die Hard. God damn it, Dustin. God. Which I just watched this last weekend because it is such a great Christmas movie. It's an amazing Christmas movie. And shame on anybody who says that it's not a Christmas movie. That's right. And so, yes, that's why I'm so peeved right now. <laughs> but I will take the, if everybody can agree that this is a actual Christmas movie, I will take what I think many consider to be the true top of that mountain, which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Great choice. Great choice. Oh, thank you. That, that would have been my next one by far. Um, yeah. and, and I, this next one, 
I'm going to take, although it's not one of my most favorite Christmas movies. Oh, I know ooh. it's a favorite for a lot of people here. Yeah. Um, and and if I want to win a Twitter poll here, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> <Pandering>. <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's right. I am yeah. pandering and I'm taking Elf as, as mm. my next Christmas movie. I kind of it thought that holiday. might slip through. Yeah. I did. I thought that might slip through to the third selection for me, actually. I, I didn't know. So I was I was hopeful. But that's all right. This is one that I watch every single year that is my number two that I am more than fine with having here. And it's Home Alone. I will take Home Alone every time. The original, way better than the sequel. But the sequel's not too bad either. All right. So we got Lampoons for you. I'm just jotting this in our... Uh show sheet here and home alone which that would have been my next pick i'm not gonna lie oh yeah now comes the decisive third pick this is where i, I think know. things get interesting it is oh so many choices because we're only doing the three rounds here there's so many choices i know um there's a lot of options i think oh I I know what I, I know what my heart says I should do because it's one okay. of my favorites from a child. But um, I are think... you gonna be that guy who does this one? Are you gonna be the one? Who well, says I was gonna say that I hate. Well, I was gonna say Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a yeah. great one. Yeah, that's I mean, admittedly, a little bit of a pandering one too, but that's okay. I do like that one though. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's great. I mean, I mean, come on. You get you get the uh, all the kids dancing, you know, and you get to get the one that's doing the snapping. You get the one that's doing this. That's just doing this back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah. And then somebody I mean, probably in the back. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I mean, know. come on. Yeah. No, just for that sequence alone, I I, yeah. I get it. I get it. Here's where look. This is all about the pandering. This is the Twitter poll aspect of it. If it was not a Twitter poll and that was just heart. You know, honest in my heart, I would say Mickey's A Christmas Carol. That is an underrated. It's like from the 60s. That maybe. is underrated. It's like maybe oh. even further back than that. It's like a half an hour that just long. Made, that just made me think of a different movie that I really like. Uh, well, I wonder if it's the one that I'm going to go to because uh, this is where it gets like I could pander the audience or I could go with my heart. And I'm kind of I'm kind of torn between two places. I'll say it's not Mickey's A Christmas Carol that I'm going All with. Right. But I'm torn between two other options. One very new. One that is from okay. the 80s. And is not, I, I want my own Die Hard, I think. It's not widely <laughs> perceived to be a Christmas movie, but it absolutely is a Christmas movie. I'm on board. Trading Places oh, is that's my number three. Of. Oh, what were you thinking? When you said 80s? Yeah. Leave the Weapon? Said, no, I was going to say Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins also great. Gremlins also great. Yeah. But I'm sticking with uh, with my selection. Trading places. All right. Yeah, trading places. Fantastic. So I do want to say when when you were talking about Mickey's Christmas Carol, which mm -hmm. which is a great movie. Don't get me wrong, right. love that one. I, I always seem to forget about that one. The one I was thinking of that I love and I haven't seen, and I'm probably going to watch it here over my break, is Scrooged oh, with Bill Murray. One. That's a great, one. great Christmas movie. Great yeah. Christmas movie. Agreed. Agreed. And there's there's so many other options. There's like, so many others. I almost went with very recent. It's called The Night Before. It has Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, it has quite a big cast. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, who I love. Love uh, her. There's some great, but it just, you know, I, wa I wanted my own Die Hard. I, I didn't get it, but I got something close to it. So... So, yeah, we will throw that Twitter poll out here with our top three to see who won this one. And I will admit a very last minute, um, um, you know, ranking of Christmas movies of our favorites. But uh, fun nonetheless. I want to throw that out to you. Tis the season. Um, yeah. So that will wrap it up, folks. Please, no bye weeks. We're done with buys. But remember... Saturday, Christmas Eve, it is a full slate of games for the NFL this week. Uh, basically, they swapped what this last weekend was with Saturday and Sunday, where it's mm -hmm. Saturday is the full slate of games. Sunday is the like primetime viewing games where there's very few games. 
Uh, Red Zone will be broadcast on Saturday this this week. So um, make sure you have all your lineups set. Go set them right now. If you're listening to this podcast Wednesday morning, go out and set your lineups. Just have it done. Forget about it because it's the holidays. You're going to get tied up with doing Christmas stuff. And let's be honest, you don't want to be on the bad side of your significant other, whoever that may be, or or your parents for that matter. Like just just get it done, lock it up, so you don't have to mess with it during any of the uh, upcoming festivities here over the weekend. Lock it up. You said. All right, folks. Well, if you are still in the fantasy playoffs, good luck to you, and hopefully, major defeats to your uh, enemies out there. (laughs) (laughs) Opponents. I mean, maybe your enemies, though, too. They could be your actual enemies. We don't know. That's right. Uh, But yes, thank you for the reminder. Give us a rate and review. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about us. Do all that sort of good stuff. It helps people find us more. We spread the joy of what we do here. Uh, Find us on YouTube. It's probably the best place to find us. Interact with us live every single week. Ask us questions, whatever you have. Uh, No episode next week, folks. Uh, We're taking a week off here over the holidays. We will be back in the new year. That's right. It it will be a new year when we come back. So, yeah, we'll be back in 2023. That's right. Uh, Where everything's going to be turning up Millhouse. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Until the new year, folks. Keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut up, shut up.